six sides of school I fat it no for today I hit the radio dial and turn it up all the way I play Hey everybody and welcome back to the UK Hockey Fan Podcast. I'm Shane. And I'm Finn. And we're back with a bumper episode. I'm so excited. There's so much to talk about, huh Finn? Yeah, there's loads to talk about. Uh, we have the Muzzin signing, which happened right after the uh, last episode we, we uh, recorded. Yep. And we got loads of other things to talk about, including the coronavirus. <laughs> yep, coronavirus <laughs> is affecting hockey as it is most other things. Um, so we're talking about the NHL. There's least games to talk about. Uh, loads of stuff uh, that, we, um, since, that happened since we were last on. Um, but I wanted to start off with uh, a little, a couple words about uh, the passing of one of my huge hockey heroes from when I was a kid, uh, the Pocket Rocket. Yeah, I've heard great things about him. I know, I know that sounds really weird, but I mean, I, I didn't grow up with him. I know you did. Yep. Um, but I've heard he's he was an amazing player, and I do know he holds a big record in the NHL. And so I think that um, even young people probably, if they're into hockey. Um, will know the name Maurice Richard, right? Rocket Richard. Yep. And um, he is the also the uh, sort of one of the main characters in the movie The Hockey Sweater is about uh, this kid's obsession with Rocket Richard. And so lots of kids will have grown up knowing who that he is. But Henri Richard, they called the pocket rocket because he was slightly smaller, not as tough, a little faster, uh, and a little younger. And he played for the Habs as well. And um, and I remember him as being just this amazing player. And we were lucky enough when we went to the Hockey Hall of Fame to see his jersey there. Yep. And uh, they have that. Uh, we talked about this on a previous episode. They have a mock-up of uh, the Canadians' dressing room around the time of these guys. And um, it's sort of a, a mixed match because they put some uh, just some really cool jerseys in there together who wouldn't have been playing at the same time together. So Dryden's jersey's in there, pa- Patrick Waugh's jersey's in there. Yep. But also in there was uh, uh, Rocket Richards and Henri Richards and um, people like Howie Morenz and things like that. Uh, and I just remember seeing that Henri Richard, uh, Richard jersey. And so Henri Richard was still with us up until about a week ago, which is amazing. Um, he uh, was a great, great hockey player. Um, and uh, one of his, uh, his, well, his main record was he won, I believe, more Stanley Cups than any other uh, player. Yeah, wasn't it 11? 11 Stanley Cups the guy won. That's almost more than the Leafs. I'm 11 sure. Stanley Cups, just let that sink in, right? That's I crazy. I mean, loads of people are still, you know, loads of players have been playing for a really long time or can put in a whole career and never touch that cup. And Henri Richard won that cup 11 times. And uh, so, you know, I just wanted to kick up t- off tonight's episode. He was a big part of my childhood. Um, one of the inspirations for um, what turned out for me to be a lifetime of playing hockey. Uh, very sad news in the passing of Henri Richard, 11 Stanley Cup winner, uh, amazing player and a Hall of Famer. No, yeah. Right. So on that sort of sad note, um, we should move on to talking about maybe catching up with Leafs. So do you want to carry oh. on? Do you want to carry on the sad note? <laughs> well, a, well, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. What, what do you got? All right. Uh, well, we met. We might as well start off uh, almost in chronological order here. So as I said earlier, uh, the Muzzin uh, was uh, resigned. Yeah, that's uh, right. Straight after we finished recording our podcast, we literally I was holding my laptop and it came through as a notification on my phone, just as we were literally finishing up. Oh yeah, yeah. Do you know what? Just before you go on, I I gotta say this because I'm gonna forget it otherwise. Oh yeah, go for it. There's two Maple Leaf birthdays today. Okay. Uh, Riley. Morgan Riley. Yeah. Morgan Riley's birthday today. Happy birthday! And <laughs> uh, on the same day, I believe, if if Instagram is to be believed, and I think this is from the Leafs official feed, also uh, Rasmus Sandin. Rasmus Sandin. Yeah. Wow. Both of them born on the same day today. Happy birthday to those. Both guys. of them amazing defensemen. So, skipping back to the um, Muzzin thing, the Muzzin news came right at the same time and during the tra- during all the end of the trade deadline and everything else. Yep. Um, where we uh, let a couple people go. Yes. And uh, so it was great news. It's always great news to see an, a contract getting extended as well. Yeah, yeah. Especially yeah. someone badass like Jake Muzzin. Yeah, no, he's been an amazing part uh, to the team this year, especially. And he he's had a. He, I think I'm pretty sure he had a, like a up and down. Uh, career with the LA Kings, um, but when he came to Toronto, you know, hometown guy and that, yeah, he's been playing amazing. And he's not hometown lucky. guy though, is no? he? 
No, isn't he from? Isn't he? Didn't we talk about this before? Isn't he the Woodstock guy? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. One of them. (laughs) It's it's Tavares or Muzzle. We always get mixed up. Tavares is a Toronto guy. That's why they call him Johnny Toronto. Yeah. So he Tavares is a Toronto guy. I'm pretty sure Muzzin is a Woodstock guy. I mean, he was a Leafs fan when he grew up. It's kind of the same. He is right. <laughs> I'm looking him up. And uh, anyway, so uh, Muzzin was signed four years uh, for five point six two five million on average per year. Wow. So it's not too bad. That is not too shabby. And he's been playing pretty good. He deserves it. And then literally uh, after the next game they played, uh, Muzzin was injured. Uh, which is always great. That is not great. Especially after you just re-sign him. You just had your contract extended. I instantly get injured. Yeah, that sucks. Uh, he was, he is the Woodstock guy. He is, yeah. Born in Woodstock, Ontario, Canada. Uh, former uh, home of my mum and your grandmother. Yep. Um, right, so Muzzin, contract re-signed. Um, should we jump onto some of the least scores? Yeah, so... Oh, by the way, um, um, Cliffy's on later. Yes. So I don't want to, I don't want to dwell too long before we get him on, but he's got some amazing news. This is probably the best thing that could possibly happen for Scott uh, in his UK hockey world has happened in the last twenty four hours. So I can't wait to get him on. Anyway, back to the Leafs. So uh, <laughs> let's go into uh, the Leafs game versus Tampa Bay. Yep. Uh, so the Leafs ended up winning four uh, three. Uh, with and I'm gonna try and figure this out. Okay, dude, look, just so look this up. is the Florida road trip. Yeah, just look look over my shoulder a second. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, here. Oh. <laughs> look at the spreadsheet that it's just given me of uh when I've asked for the games. We're actually this is the first episode where we're recording live on video as well, so you can see how ridiculously goofy we are and how ill prepared we ah, are to got do it. these things. Okay, here I got I got I got the number one. Okay. Okay. So in the first period, uh, the first goal is scored by Nikita Kucherov uh, right. for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yep. Uh, then next goal, ironically, uh, Jake Muzzin uh, oh, scores yeah. a sixth goal uh, with Cisco to Jason Spezza and Freddie Gauthier. Yep. Then uh, <laughs> John Tavares scores his 25th uh, with a Cisco to Tyson Barry and Austin Matthews on the power play. This is 2-1 at the end of the first period. Uh, and then uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning come back uh, to make it 2 all at the start of the second. Yep. John Tavares scores his second of the game with a Cisco uh, going to William Nylander, making it 3-2. William Nylander then scores himself with assist going to Mitch Marner and Tyson Barry. And then uh, Tampa Bay s- score uh, early in this third, but then can't score another. And therefore, we win 4-3. Fantastic. Yeah, we needed that win. Um, so we're on a Florida uh, road trip at this stage. So Tampa first up. Next up, Panthers. Was it Panthers next? Panthers? Uh, let me just check. I think, I think so. it was, oh, yeah. It must have been if we're in a Florida yeah, yeah, road yeah, trip. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, and so how did we get on with that game? Uh, so we ended up winning uh, the game away. Yeah, totally uh, successful road trip. Which is really, really good for us because we are fighting Florida for uh, the third in the division. Yep. Um, Clinging on. Yeah, and this was an away game as well, which is always good. Um, so Florida score first, two minutes into the first period uh, to make it 1-0. Zach Hyman comes back to make it 1-1 uh, just over a minute later. Nice to see a with, goal from Zach. <laughs> yeah. With assist going to Austin Matthews and Justin Hall. Uh, then, uh, in st- st- same in the first period, uh, two goals come from Florida to make it 3-1. Kasperi Kapanen comes back with assist going to Jason Spetzer and Alex Kerfoot. Austin Matthews then scores his 44th of the season with assist going to uh, Mitch Marner and Zach Hyman. And then no goals in the second period and two goals by the Leafs. Uh, one going to William Nylander, assist going to Kyle Clifford and Martin Marincin. And uh, final go- go- goal, which was the empty net goal that you saw, where he or like uh, just shot it from his own end and it went in. Uh, this is Justin Hall with assistant John Tavares. Fantastic, yeah, great game, a great uh, series of uh, Florida games there. Uh, two quick wins and then away to San Jose, I believe. No, uh, so San Jose was uh, no San Jose is the one after. Oh, sorry, so that, uh, Canucks. This is our final win uh, against the Canucks. Before oh, we yeah. God, so, that's a trip, right? So that <laughs> geographically, were were they at home? Were we home to Canucks then? Uh, let me just check. Uh, because that so whether we whether we are at home or not, I think geographically 
that is the furthest distance. No, 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 no. We were at home for we the Canucks home. game. But if we had gone to Canucks, that's that's geographically the furthest distance between two teams, I believe. So the likes of uh, either Florida Panthers or oh, uh, yeah. or Tampa Bay. Yeah, if you yeah. think about their geography, they are in the southeast of America. Yep. And uh, Vancouver is in the northwest of of uh, of Canada. Canada. And so that distance is got is thousands and thousands of miles. But anyway, playing at home, so it's still a long way back home. I made the drive in a car from Toronto to Florida several times in my life. That's a road now, trip right there. It's uh, swapping swapping drivers and driving straight. It's well over twenty hours of driving. Uh, <laughs> so back to Toronto we are uh, against Vancouver Canucks. Yeah. So in the first period, uh, two minutes in, let's score score first uh, with Freddie the Goat. Uh, well, this is going to Tyson Barry and Rasmus Sandin, as you just mentioned. Uh, happy birthday to him. Yeah, uh, then uh, the Vancouver Canucks come back uh, to make it 1-1, still uh, in the f- uh, first period. Yep. A minute later, uh, Austin Matthews, after that goal, yep. uh, Austin Matthews comes back, scores 45th goal. Well, this is going to Travis Dermott. Uh, then Vancouver bring it back to a tie at the end of the th- uh, first period. No goals in the second period. And two goals by the Leafs in the third period. One by Martin Marincin. Uh, assist going to John Tavares and Tyson Barry. And one to Zach Hyman. With assist going to Mitch Marner and Travis Dermott. Make it 4-2. And so, bang, bang, bang. Three quick wins there for us. Uh, which were desperately needed. As uh, you mentioned, clinging on to that third place in the Atlantic. Um, behind Tampa Bay, actually. And uh, Boston still holding on to first. But um, we're squashed in between the two Florida teams there. So it was great to get that win. And um, Habs uh, creeping up, too, in fifth place at the moment, I just noticed. Yeah, no, yeah. They, they seem to be doing well recently, too. So that game, then, uh, followed on to the San Jose game. And, yeah, this is the California road trip. Right, okay. That's another longie. Yeah, I was yeah, was heading yeah. out to the other coast, so uh, south to the other coast. So in the first period, uh, the uh, San Jose Sharks score first uh, to make it 1-0. And then at the start of the second period, we have a goal by Austin Matthews, his 46th goal, with assisting to Martin Marincin. Uh, and then uh, the San Jose Sharks come back to make it uh, 2-1. And then at the end of the th- uh, second period, Mitch Marner scores his 16th of the year. Ironic, you know, he's number 16. Yeah. And uh, Matthews gets th- his 33rd, almost 34th assist. Uh, and the other assist goes to Callie Rosen, uh, acquired from the trade deadline. So it's a 2-2 at the end of the second. And then um, and then San Jose scored three straight goals. Uh, and we ended up losing 5-2. So that didn't end well, to be honest. So and that Mitch Marner goal, by the way, is the one where he put it what, what was it? He put it through. He put the puck through his own legs and backhanded it top, top corner right in front of the goal. I don't know if you've seen that going around the goal oh, and yeah. stuff. So that was the that was the big minor goal there. So uh, the first game of the California road trip, we lost five two to the San Jose Sharks, who are not doing very well for context here. No, they're not doing well this season at all. No, and which is the story of our season, right? To um, play play away three good or play three. Good Great games to good, solid teams, win all three games, and then lose to someone like the San Jose Sharks. Exactly, and it doesn't stop there. Because we go to the LA Kings, who haven't, or who also haven't had a great season at all. Not a great team, to be honest, in general. Maybe it's the heat. The heat. At this time of year, right? So they're leaving Toronto, where it's well below zero, yeah. and heading down to California, where it's nice and warm. Maybe it's the heat. Maybe it's something about Maybe, that. maybe. I doubt it. I think it's just... <laughs> Just Leafs a roller, co- the trash. roller coaster ride <laughs> that is that is loving the Leafs. Right, sorry. Yeah, what so the, so I'm looking at the spreadsheet here for the game stats. Right, and there is no first, second, or third period because no one scored. Yeah, it was a nil-nil game. <laughs> you literally came and said it was like a soccer game. I use yeah, I use this as an, as an example all the time. Reasons to not like soccer, like a typical score is not zero-zero or one-nil. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's so weird for that to happen in hockey ever. Or, yeah, whereas hockey games, you get a, you'll have a game where it's like six five. So Some you, reason. You, so yeah, you've yeah. seen eleven amazing goals scored in three periods of hockey. Exactly. You know? uh, but yeah, uh, regulation time zero zero. It's so weird, and overtime zero zero. Overtime zero zero. Uh, so, so we so we go to the shootout, and I've got the full spreadsheet for this. Yeah. So the first shooter was from the LA Kings, uh, Nikolai Prokorkin. What a legendary last name that is, Prokorkin. Yeah, I just call him Corky. <laughs> Corky, Nikolai Corky. No, it's just Corky. Just Corky. <laughs> hey, Corky. <laughs> and that was saved. Uh, and then Jason Spezza was the first shooter for the Maple Leafs, and that was saved. Yep. LA Kings, Michael Amadier, uh, saved. 
Uh, Austin Matthews just missed the net. Always oh, good to see. Uh, Not good. Andre Andre Kopitar of the LA Kings scores, followed by William Nylander who also scores. Adrian Kempe from the LA Kings scores, and then Mitch Marner also misses the net. Ugh. Mitchie. So you have Austin. What do you have there? Thirteen. Willie Nee comes through in the clutch. Yeah. So you got about twenty-five million dollars. Oh, don't salary even right say, don't there. Who both missed yeah, the net? No, I don't want to think in terms of that. At least Jason. At least Spetsa hit the net. <laughs> oh, God, no, it's rough. That's a terrible way to lose. No, um, yeah. So the Leafs end up losing one 0 However, we got a point. Yes. Yeah. So shootout and loss. Technically, is still a point, right? Technically, uh, it shows on Freddie Anderson's stats of of him having a sh- uh, shutout. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, we'll take that. We'll take whatever... Uh, <laughs> we'll, take the, we'll take the fancy points, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll get on to that in a minute. Um, um, okay, so that's Kings, and then on to... So it's a California tour has to include the Ducks. The Anaheim so Ducks. It, so it carries on. The misery continued. I'm not going to lie. I was kind of upset. Lost to the Kings. <laughs> lost to the Sharks. And uh, and Ducks? Uh, we also lost. I mean, surprise, surprise. Uh, Did you know, uh, quick facts, so basically in the first period, uh, the Ducks scored to make it 1-0. No goals in the second period. And at the start of uh, the third period, the Ducks score again. So uh, the big, big stat here is that the Leafs went 134 minutes between scoring their last goal uh, in game time. That's that's ridiculous. I mean, it's pretty crazy. How, how many amazing forwards do you need to have? I mean, as we just said, it's 25 million in two players. <laughs> Awful. So three uh, trip out to California. Uh, oh, no, three... no, no, no! Come on. Uh, you just, come on, William Nylander, the absolute god that he is, yeah. scores his thirtieth goal to at least get a goal in there, yeah, yeah. and try and bring them back to life with three minutes left. And couldn't do it. No, I mean William Nylander can't carry the whole team. <laughs> yeah, who'd have thunk it? Um, so, yeah, three three games in California, uh, three losses, devastating. Off the back of three wins in a row. So this is the way we, this is the way these are at the moment. Yep. It is literally up and down, and it's not just. A, you know, a nice smooth transition. It's screaming up and screaming down at the moment. It is just a, a, a tough time to be a Leafs fan. Um, you just get your hopes up and then the carpet gets snatched out from under you yeah, like, yeah. like it has so many times. I know. You, I'm pretty sure you got the uh, standings up there. Yeah, how, I do. How, how close are uh, Florida to us and how close are we to Tampa right now? Yeah, so, I mean, uh, interestingly, the games played has gap has closed up. So uh, Tampa Bay and Toronto both played 69, and Florida are hot on our heels with 68, so they have one game in hand. So points going upwards is uh, Florida on 29. Is this right? No, what am I saying? I'm looking at the wrong, wrong row. Uh, Florida on 76. Uh, Toronto on twenty uh, on seventy nine. I was gonna say twenty seven. That's pretty mad right there. <laughs> and then a big gap to Tampa Bay, who are solidly sitting at ninety two points, and then Boston in the top with ninety eight. So it's really just Florida and us battling it out. Uh, three points separate us. Uh, there's games tonight. There's games all week. So seventy Florida on seventy six. Uh, Toronto on seventy nine. Montreal's creeping in there at seventy one. Uh, so you know it's still five in the running, points in it between those. But then, a, but then a drop in a gap to uh, Sabers who are at sixty six points. So they're not really they're not in catching. It. They're not going to catch. So, but it is tight between Florida and Toronto. So every game, every point counts from this point forward on. So uh, it's a, it's a nail biter for sure. Luckily, uh, we do have some good news. So the Leafs uh, next play Tampa Bay um, uh, tomorrow night. So we're recording this Monday, and it's for us. It's Tuesday at midnight. Yeah. So it's the, it's it'll be night in Canada too. It'll be Tuesday night in Canada. That's right. So yeah, first thing Wednesday morning that is for us. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, um, but we do have good news going going into the, the the next few games. Right. So CC came back. Oh, that's right. So we got we got another defenseman back, which yeah, is great. Desperately needed. Um, Muzzin is so so in injury wise, Muzzin is out for four weeks. That's right. Um, but he'll so he'll be back hopefully if we make the playoffs still. <laughs> um, yeah. he'll be back for that uh, and Morgan Riley and Ilya Mikheyev look to come back soon after participating in a full a full Maple Leafs practice ooh that's good news so Mikheyev who was actually really really good yeah and he's got a small salary and Riley's been I mean Riley's Riley right yep. he's really really good player and um, luckily we'll be having those guys back soon um, but I wanted to point out what are your thoughts on Jack Campbell so far Oh, I don't know. You you tell me yours. They'll be more valid than mine. So, 
Jack Campbell's the the new backup goalie we have. Yeah, yeah. I know we got rid of Clutch, and you and me saw Clutch live, and he was sick. He got the shutout and everything. Awesome. I, re- I liked him as a player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he he was just. I think the reason that they traded him, he was just too inconsistent for where we have to be right now. If we yeah. were a, if we were a developing team, or if it was earlier in the season, or earlier in the season, counted less. So early, earlier in the season, he just did. He didn't get any wins, and he didn't. He didn't have a great season at all. No. Um, but he was coming back, but he's still inconsistent, which is why the Leafs just had to get a guy that they could rely on uh, when either Freddie wasn't having a good night or Freddie just wasn't up up to it or just he gets injured at the end of the season. Yeah. Or a uh, big thing with teams is that they just rest their starting goalie and a few of their players at the end of the season cause when they know they've clinched. Um, That's right. Uh, so so I, what do you think? We, we, I reckon that they just needed a guy that they could rely on, and Jack Campbell is really doing that for me. Yeah, he he is, uh, well, you know, he's as solid as anybody <laughs> that we've had playing for us this year. Well, who we, uh, we could really use Ayers. Dave Ayers, I mean, what a beast that guy is. And <laughs> I, I actually do have some um, uh, uh, talk on uh, emergency goalies that we can talk about later. Okay, we'll get on to that maybe after Cliffy's. Um, yeah, but Jack Campbell, I think he's done really well so far. He's got he's got a few wins under his belt uh, with the Leafs. And uh, Intel is, he's a really, really nice guy as well. Yeah. A- apparently, he's he's a really good locker room guy, which is always great, right? Yeah, you always need, sure. need guys um, to come back and just uh, be great in the locker room, not only uh, also on the ice, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and Kyle Clifford, have you seen much of him? So Kyle Clifford is the big tough guy. Yeah, uh, uh, so a, a, a bit of him on the highlights, but uh, I haven't seen a lot of his gameplay since he's been around. So he's been in two fights and he's done pretty well, and he makes huge hits. Yeah, which is always a, a it's a guy that we've been saying you and me have both been saying for seasons now. We still we need that guy. We had Pollock for a bit. We had Martin for a bit. Yeah, both those guys were so valuable to the team, but they just weren't good enough for the least where they were. I know I know your uh stance of Polak is is a, a lot more positive than most people's. Well, I, I mean, I, I liked Polak I too. Great. But um just for where the least are at and uh for the skill and talent that today's game is, I reckon Clifford for being like a fourth line guy to be there a grinder but also a super tough guy and he's quick. Yeah. He's a really quick guy and yeah. uh Big I re- and quick is rare, right? Exactly. I mean, I'm sitting right here, man. <laughs> <laughs> other than you other than me <laughs> other maybe than you um, but uh, yeah he's he's also really impressed me he's stuck up for the team uh, another person stuck up for the team Kasperi Kapanen also very quick yeah quick guy but he's he's really stepped up as well which means I think that some teams are looking at the Leafs and thinking that they could get the what's it's been out of them you know yep by some of the guys on our team and that, that it just shows that we're not a team that will uh, stand for anything kind of like that and we will stick up for ourselves so I just think these two signings um uh, oh, sorry, trades from Dubas. I, I reckon these are actually pretty good trades. I know they weren't on the trade deadline. They weren't big news when we were recording our last podcast. Um, but these these trades, I think, have really done well so far. So, yeah, I agree totally. And uh, coming back to him having a couple uh, fights, this reminds me, is a great segue into, I wanted to quickly talk about your game at the weekend that you, oh, yeah. <laughs> that you had. Yeah, go uh, for it. So, I'll here. Um, Oxford Stars, a way to, a uh, thin place for um, Oxford uh, Oxford Junior Stars and uh, Oxford Stars away to Solent Devils in Gosport, which is a terrible rink here. It's absolutely crap. Ice is terrible. Rink's terrible. Uh, your seats are awful. Uh, it's freezing cold. Blah blah blah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're cold. A, everyone's miserable. Ice rink. <laughs> Everybody's miserable to start with just playing there, players and and spectators. Uh, but it was it was a game on International uh, Women's Day, which I think is important to remember. And um, and your team and the and the one thing that the UK does have right about hockey here is that um, up until uh, and including the U18s, um, uh, guys and girls can play on the same team. Yeah. And so you've got a couple of great uh, gals on your team, and um, and, and in this game uh, on International Women's Day, doesn't it happen uh, that um, one of your players, Heather Dendy, uh, steps up and batters 10 bells at some guy <laughs> in a proper a proper fight um takes her two minutes with style batters some guy and uh and then um man of the match went to uh joy was it yep yep, joy? yep, yep. um and so 
one of, one of the gals on your team beat someone up and the other one gets man of the match on International Women's Day. I mean, that's always good, right? <laughs> Perfect set. And uh, the result wasn't brilliant. Um, you lost on that occasion, but it was an improved performance of, against that team. But just uh, just a, a really uh, great game to, uh, to watch. And just the perfect um, outcome for uh, a game of hockey to be played on International Women's Day because everybody knows on UK Hockey Fam we are uh, big champions of um, of hockey being for everybody, and um, and it's great to see that uh, you're on a team that um, has guys and girls alike on it and some talented young people there, and uh, great goal scored by um, Callum Lynch from yeah, your team. Yep who's a point man, talking about Jake Muzzin and, and guys, you need good guys in the point. Callum Lynch, a good player, pops one in. Now Callum's big brother, Josh, actually plays uh, with me on the Oxford 84s. So a nice little connection there too. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> anyway, um, we need to look at getting Cliffy on. So um, so we've got a few more things I want to talk about here, but let's get Scott on and see what's happening. Would you around. mind just, while we're on the topic of International Women's Day, would you mind just leaving it just one minute while I just address? what go on because we will talk more about this whole coronavirus thing because it is a big thing at the moment right and it's not something we can kind of glance over currently with everything that's going on um but the uh women's uh world championship in ice hockey oh, yeah has been cancelled yes yeah that's devastating devastating news so of the things i know that we we weren't really going to get into talking about coronavirus other than it's affecting hockey and all sorts of professional sport because we're starting to see um games being cancelled because of course uh, in the current climate where there's a virus being spread about the last thing you want to do is pack a few thousand people into the same building and have them breathing all over one another so uh, one of the first um, series to fall victim to that is the uh, the, the women's um, finals have been cancelled so yeah no that's bad news is that what you want to say about that that's all I want to say so far and I know, I know uh, that we there's a couple of things right but uh, it's devastating but on that note actually carrying on with this vein for another minute yeah, that's good. Uh, somebody we've had on the show before uh, Rachie Cartwright um, I believe I could have this wrong and, and uh, uh, Queen Bees if you're listening apologies if I got this wrong but I noticed on Instagram that I think somebody from the team is getting married I know, definitely one of the somebody that Rachel knows is getting married and the, their Hindu um, was in Dubai. And so okay. the, a whole lot of them went out there. And I, th- I think it was a good few people from the team. I could be wrong. Uh, and it looked like it was just a bunch of ladies uh, creating chaos in, <laughs> in Dubai for a few <laughs> days. It looked hellishly fun. Anyway, we'll uh, check in with the Queen Bees as well. Let's get Scott on. Okay. What is Hey, we've got Scott Antcliffe um, back with us tonight. Uh, Scott, are you there? I am indeed. Good evening, boys. Hey, it's, it's so great to have you back. For um, regular listeners, you'll know that this section of the show is called Cliffy's Notes. Scott comes with us on pretty much every episode. Uh, he lives sort of towards the north of the country, and he really has his finger on the pulse of what's happening with the UK hockey. So he's our he's our man on the scene for that sort of thing. Scott himself uh, plays for the a team called the Sheffield Ice Tigers, and um, he is being a big supporter of the Sheffield Steelers for a long time and season ticket holder, I believe, Scott. Yes, yeah, so season ticket holder, but previous to that, I've, I've sort of done 12 years of media work with the team. So I worked with the team doing uh, radio and um, article writing until, um, as you know, the demands of teaching um, kind of got in the way and, and made me just evaluate things and um, go back to being, a, I guess, a um, air quote, normal fan now. And uh, <laughs> it's quite nice to just sit, watch and enjoy the game without the pressures of having to uh, to read into it too much i guess sometimes that's fantastic and and now i know having watched uh, have kept my own eye on things over the weekend that's there's some some great and exciting news in that department coming up but maybe we should start yeah. with sort of a general roundup of of where things are at with the season and and what's happening um around the, the elite league Yep, absolutely. So uh, right now it's it's what we call the business end of the season. So uh, fixtures are in full flow, uh, culminating in the playoff weekend coming up um, about this time next month in April. So we've got roughly three weeks left of fixtures um, before the um, regular season ends and then the playoff weekend starts. So at the minute, teams are still battling it out. It's pretty tight. Uh, in the table, but we'll go through some results and then we'll look at the table. So awesome. on Friday, uh, the Belfast Giants took on the five flyers. That resulted in a 3-1 win. And then 
that evening, the Cardiff Devils faced the Sheffield Steelers in elite league action, resulting in a 7-3 win for the Cardiff Devils. Interestingly, those two teams met again on Sunday, but we'll go on to that in a little while. Um, then on Saturday, uh, the Manchester Storm suffered a 4-1 home defeat to a resurgent Coventry Blaze. Um, and then the Dundee Stars lost in overtime to the Glasgow clan for free. And then we go to Sunday's games and the Coventry Blaze, uh, they win again with a 3-2 win over the Dundee Stars. And then the main game was the Challenge Cup final between Sheffield Steelers and the Cardiff Devils. So that was um, down in Cardiff at the Viola Arena in Wales, in, in South Wales. And Cardiff, um, essentially, they host um, the Challenge Cup final. So teams are welcome to put a, a bid into tender the yeah. final. And last year, for example, the final was between Belfast and Guildford. So Cardiff still hosted it. Um, so a lot of fans are like, oh, well, they've got home advantage. And, yeah. But, you know, they make it as neutral as possible. They um, It's, a great, the it's exact- a great rink there, too. I mean, it's just oh, wor- just world-class, isn't it? Absolutely. It's a great new facility, and um, teams try to um, have it as neutral as possible in terms of um, both announcers were there to um, introduce the teams onto the ice, um, the singing of the Welsh and uh, English national anthem from um, Elliot Kennedy, who does the Steelers national anthem from time to time. <laughs> That's cool. And the young lady who does the Cardiff Devils one. So both clubs very much had their own stamp on it, but without it being um, Cardiff-focused, if that makes sense. For sure. Um, and what, what, was so, the crowd, yeah. what was the crowd split like? Did had, had quite a few Sheffield fans made the trip down? Yeah, absolutely. So there were six coach loads of Sheffield fans with the supporters club, and then on top of that, there were all the uh, cars and, and things as well. So it was 50-50, the crowd. I think it was about 1,500 fans each because it's got a capacity of around 3,000 um, in Cardiff. I mean, they could have filled that twice over in terms of the, the number of fans. For sure. And um, just and, and, and for those people um, listening in from, from abroad, how long's the drive from Sheffield to Cardiff? Uh, three hours and 25 minutes, roughly, so according to uh, a route planner before we headed down there. So, um, <laughs> a good old chunk of time. Journey. Absolutely. Fantastic. Um, so so how did things play out? Yeah, so the Steelers raced to a 3-0 lead. Um, obviously, looking back at the game on Friday against Cardiff, you know, a lot of fans were apprehensive after suffering such a heavy defeat and more in the manner of, of which they played. So they didn't play particularly well, the Steelers. Um, at times, they were, you know, definitely on the on the back foot, um, and Cardiff piled on on the pressure. But Steelers really bounced back, came out the gates flying, and, and with these one-off finals, it really is who turns up on the day, really. Yep. And um, almost like a coin toss. But the Steelers raced to a three-nil lead um, quickly. So the Steelers um, scored in the first period, 7:55 into the first period. Michael Davis. Uh, opened the Steelers' account, and then just over a minute later, the Steelers extended the lead through Marco Valorand, who's been you know, an outstanding player for the Steelers this season. And then going into the second period, uh, the Steelers rewarded a penalty shot after Brendan Connolly was hauled down on a breakaway. And so Brendan Connolly stepped up and he, he fired a sublime shot home, um, block aside over Ben Bounds. Um, and then... Devils pulled one back midway through, so that was through Sam Jardine, defenseman. He had a shot through traffic. And then with five minutes left to go in the second period, Devils added the second goal of the game through Massimo Yamaki. So a little bit of a fortuitous goal there. It was a bit of a, a scramble, a loose puck, and uh, it was the first one to jam it home, and it took a bit of a deflection, and there was not much Steelers netminder Thomas Duber could do about that one. So the second period was um, a, a closely fought contest. So then the third period... Uh, was wide open. Uh, Steelers extended the lead to 4-2, so uh, Michael Davis once again. He pulled one back um, for the Steelers, and then with just over a minute to go, um, Cardiff pulled netminder Ben Bounds, and they scored um, a third goal uh, through Joey Haddad. So with just over a minute left, it was only a one-goal game. Wow. So pretty nervy towards the end, and the final minute was a strange one because there's so many stoppages. And um, on top of that, there was um, some confusion with uh, the scoreboard and, and the time. So one minute there was four seconds showing on the clock, then two seconds. 
So the final <laughs> minute seemed to last about 10 minutes. So it was just really <laughs> adding to that tension and excitement. And um, it was live on, on Premier Sports, which is obviously the um, free sports, sorry, yeah. uh, which is a big channel over here in the UK. Yeah. And for those fans who didn't see it, um, it's... Uh, for our UK listeners, it's um, available to watch tomorrow evening, so Tuesday evening oh, fantastic. Um, at half past eight. So that final live, um, not live, sorry, it's uh, available to watch again, half past eight. So the Steelers um, came away 4-3 winners, and that was the first Challenge Cup um, in the Elite League era for the Steelers. So we've been very successful in league campaigns and playoffs, but we've not clinched the Challenge Cup in 17 years. So that's Holy title, wow. Yeah, so it's been such a long wait for that one. That's amazing. It's been very elusive. Um, but that piece of um, silverware was the Steelers' 28th piece of silverware in their history since 1991. Wow, that's amazing. Well, I, I know that um, I, I, I realized immediately how many Steelers fans that we had that we're either following or are following us on our social media because uh, after that game yesterday, which I think finished, must have finished, what, around 6 p.m. our time or something like that? Yep. Uh, my our social media feeds just totally blew up about the Steelers and Steelers fans, and it's still going on to this moment. Um, some pretty uh, pretty excited and happy uh, Steelers fans there, and it sounds like it was an incredible game. No, absolutely. I mean, from the first puck drop to the final minute, the intensity it felt like a, a game seven playoff game, and essentially it was. And um, you know, just the intensity, the energy in the building, the fans were just chanting nonstop all game, and mm. it, it was an amazing spectacle. And I guess for anyone watching who was watching it on TV as a neutral, it would have been a joy to watch. And obviously for the Steelers and Cardiff fans, it was a bit of a nervy game um, at times, but a great spectacle still. Yeah, fantastic, fantastic. Not not only would it have been great, not only for you guys to win, but also to beat a team like Cardiff, who is renowned for being such a great team. It's just like such a great thing for the Steelers to beat them, yeah. especially after that um, loss against them uh, Friday, I believe. And at their home ice, I mean, it is just the stuff mm. of movies, man. Absolutely, and um, like you say, Finn, you know, Cardiff recently have been just such a, a huge team, and, and with their new ownership over the last four or five years, they've really been a force to be reckoned with, and they've always been there or thereabouts, but, you know, just, just around them now, they've got such a strong um, ownership group who really put a lot of funds into them and, and believe in them, and with that kind of belief, it's really made them a force to be reckoned with, and particularly with a netminder like Bounds and, and with the new rules, regarding the number of um, imports reducing next year to 13 from 14 and being such an emphasis on having British players is only going to make someone like Ben Bounds even more um, of a commodity, really. And um, allowing, therefore, to have that extra import skater out makes a big difference to their depth in the lineup. Yeah, that's fantastic. And, so, and as far as we know, uh, is Bounds still a uh, starting goalie for GB? Yes, he is, yeah. So Bounds has been been the number one for a while since um, taking over from Stephen Murphy, really, uh, many years ago. And, and, you know, Bounds is still a relatively young guy. He's, he's a little younger than me, so I think he's around 30, 31. Um, so I think he'll still be the GB number one for, for many years to come. Fantastic, fantastic. Well, that is a, a, an exciting win. Um, so, so is that sort of capped off where we're at with the with the league at the moment? Yeah, just uh, one more interesting thing really to mention is, is, I mentioned earlier, Coventry have been on such a good run. They've been really resurgent and um, they have um, managed to creep up the table slowly and sneakily. So only a few weeks ago, they were languishing in, in seventh place and um, you know, their, their sort of fortunes were really looking uh, negative. And now they've managed to creep up to third. And so they currently sit in... Uh, third place with 61 points from 48 games. And just above them, um, with a game, um, Steelers have played a game more, and they've got 63 points. So only two points behind of the Blaze with a game in hand on the Steelers. Um, so they've, they've really crept up there. And also Cardiff, um, at the top of the table, as we know, and they've got 64 points from 46 games. So it's really in their destiny now. Um, so teams have got roughly six games left. Cardiff have got eight games, so they've got the extra games to play. Um, so it really does look to be in Cardiff's hands, but Coventry have, have snuck up. And they added a netminder called CJ Mott, and he's played 24 games. And in that time, 
He's won 15 games. He's got three shutouts. Wow. And in the games that he's lost, there's only been two regulation losses. The others have come by way of either shootout losses or overtime losses. So he's really turned their fortunes around. He's currently sits top of the net mining charts with a 2.2, uh, 2.52 goals against average and a 92.68 save percentage. So he's really galvanized their team and, and turned their form around. That's amazing. So six games left, or roughly six games, one team with eight games left. How, how, yeah. what, what, what's that, a couple of weeks, or is that longer? Yep, so uh, the season concludes at the end of March, roughly, and then it goes into the playoff quarter finals. So the top eight teams make it into the playoffs, um, so two teams will miss out. Um, but even at the bottom end of the table, it's really close between um, the ninth position and um, and seventh position. So basically, Glasgow, Manchester on 41 points, and Dundee are on 39 points. So those teams are really going to fight it out for a playoff spot, which will be interesting. And um, certainly, given Glasgow's start to the season, they were sort of in the top three, top four, up until about October, November time, and then their form started to really dip from. November onwards. Um, so there's roughly about, like you say, about three weeks left. Um, so still lots to play for. Fantastic, fantastic. Well, it's been an amazing uh, uh, weekend of hockey around the Elite League here in the UK, which is just great. And uh, and I can feel the sort of buzz and momentum building t- for the last few weeks of uh, regular season here. So a great time to be watching hockey here in the UK uh, and a great time to be a Steelers fan. Uh, Absolutely, always a good time to be a Steelers fan. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Well, Cliffy, it's so great to have you on again, and thanks so much for going through uh, going through again some of the details of that, and especially that game uh, at the weekend, which is uh, for me what watching hockey is all about. For moments like that, you just uh, you know it's lifetime moments and and that sort of thing. So, thanks again for being on the show, Scott, and um, and we uh, look forward to having you on the next episode. Absolutely. My pleasure as always, guys, and uh, I look forward to being on again. Fantastic, Scott. Speak to you soon. Take care, boys. Bye. Cheers. Bye. Wow, so great to have Scott on. Um, I love I love his enthusiasm for the game, and, and, uh, and he's so connected to the UK hockey scene. Uh, it's great to hear. And he's such a huge Steelers fan. It must have been such a great weekend for him. No, I'm so happy that they won that game Me because too. he just deserves it. You We've know? sort of adopted Steelers uh, ourselves um, as a team to cheer for here because there isn't really one. We don't have an elite team nearby. And uh, and I've been I've seen uh, I've been to see no, the yeah, Steelers yeah. game in Sheffield and whatnot. It's absolutely awesome. The atmosphere is great. So I know that we um, on lots of episodes we moan and groan about how hockey just isn't quite the same here. Um, but if you go see someone like the Steelers or Cardiff Devils or Belfast Giants, they all have proper rinks, big proper uh, arena and whatnot. And the atmosphere they create in there, you could be just in the middle of Canada or the middle of the States or anywhere. When you're inside that building, uh, you know, it's like two hours for me of being transported back to Canada. So it's awesome and amazing. So you, you've likened uh, those kind of games to um, OHL games like Budweiser Gardens yeah. and London Knights. So. Yeah. Absolutely. I I've exp- I haven't been to the Sheffield or Cardiff games. I mean, I, I played in Viola Arena, yeah, which yeah. was pretty fun. Yeah. Um, but I've never been to watching one of those games. But you've well, like it's all packed. Yeah. Yeah, you've likened it to the London Knights game, which we went and saw when we were uh, yeah. in Canada. Yeah. And uh, so I can only imagine how amazing uh, it is to not only watch a game but also watch a big cup game like that with everyone just on edge, you know. Yeah. Especially being in. Um. So Scott was saying how it's it's usually always held in Cardiff, right? Yeah, yeah. Or well, in Viola Arena because they always put in that bid to bid have it. it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but for for not only for Sheffield fans because he was saying it's fifty fifty, but imagine the the hardcore Cardiff fans who've been waiting all season for uh, that whole thing to come. You know. Yeah. And um, just the atmosphere must have been crazy. Not only for Cardiff fans because it's a nearby home game, but also for Steelers fans who've been waiting for a, a long time. You know. Yeah. Yeah. No. Absolutely amazing. Uh, so yeah, great to have him on. Uh, great to hear about that stuff. Um, God, this I, I'm 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 almost onto a three beer podcast here. That that's pretty mad. <laughs> that is rare. Fantastic beer, uh, provided by uh, a place called Tap Social Brewery in Oxford, who um, we're hoping will become associated with our hockey team, the Oxford Eighty Fours, as well. So watch this space. You'll hear more about those guys. They're doing some great things um, for the community of Oxford, 
as well as being an amazing uh, tap room and brewery. I, I reckon, so y- you usually don't uh, dr- end up drinking three beers per podcast. This, no. is, this is pretty rare, but it I is. feel like your thirst is being, um, what do you call it? Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> multiplied. M- multiplied by looking at Lord Stanley's mug over there. I, I mean, know, like, I know. So we've got the cup in here now. It's, <laughs> it's starting to sweet. feel like a proper, it's, yeah, this new, uh, new podcast suite's awesome. Um, I think it was maybe that description of Scott going through the details of that Cardiff-Sheffield uh, game. I, I drank almost an entire beer there listening to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, so um, that's cool. Um, sh- let's jump on to our fantasy league because things are getting interesting there. Yeah, I've got it all uh, brought up here. And so people that listen regularly will know that um, Finn runs uh, the UK Hockey Fam um, Fantasy League on the ESPN app. Uh, that no plug for ESPN. It's just a, it just happened to be uh, the one that we chose. It's free to use. All that blah 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 blah. And you can you can view it now. I um I made a mistake when I was setting up the whole league. Right. So this whole season we've been saying, "Oh, come and look at it." Yeah, it wasn't public. <laughs> um, up until about like a couple of weeks ago, but it is public now and genuinely you can well, Google you it go. and find it. You learn something new every day, uh, and so you can look you can look at it now. Apparently, according to Finn. Uh, and uh, so in that league are um, ourselves, we each have a team, and uh, Rachel Cartwright's in there, Scotty Antcliffe's in there, uh, friends, family, some even just some, some podcast listeners uh, are in there. And uh, it's, been, um, it, it's been a sort of a, a one-horse race for most of the season. Yeah. Uh, Elliot uh, is, a, is a guy who listens to the podcast, and, um, and he's been out in front quite a ways. Uh, for most of the season, <laughs> and uh, and and we thought we'd never catch up, and in fact, we started out really poorly uh, with you and me, Finn, at the bottom uh, and second bottom for ages, until we finally sort of figured it out a bit more and got to grips with it and started playing a bit more properly, and we clawed our way back up the table. Now, we mentioned on the last episode that the trade deadline was looming, and the trade deadline sort of um, mirrors that of the real NHL one. And so we decided to th- sort of chuck all our eggs into one basket to see if we could catch up with Elliot, who was running away with it at the top. And I should mention Rachie Cartwright's doing fantastic as well. And she's been um, uh, impossible to catch all, all league also. And uh, anyway, so we sort of made a super team between us and we, we agreed that we would let one team die and we'd we'd really we'd really <laughs> one team die. We'd, we'd really run with the other team and see see if we could catch up to the top. And um, and so we we sort of assembled this super team, uh, our teams the teams Toronto United. We chose that one because I was ahead by a couple of points at the time. No, the literally, you, you were ten points ahead 10 of me. Points. And so anyway, we've been piling up some points, and we're closing. We're closing in. We're so close on, on in on second now. How how many points are, are there? I've got it here, and, and we're four points behind. So uh, we're, that's Rachel Cartwright of the, of the uh, Bracknell Queen Bees is in second place. We're four points behind. Um, so whether we'll catch her or not, I don't know. But both of us, uh, both those teams are closing ground on Elliot as well. But we're running out of road. We're only 500 points away. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even joking. He is literally <laughs> like, so we're, we're on. Now, t- having said that, we're averaging between 30, 20 and 35 points a night at the moment. I mean, no one's got a bigger night than I had on my uh, on my other team. So I, on my other team, I had a night where uh, both Kucherov and Panarin yeah. got uh, 15 points themselves. All, all the guys that we didn't put on the super team. You no, know. we did. Oh, we put them on the super yeah, team? Yeah, you got Kucherov, Panarin, oh, right, and okay. Marner. They all had like 10-point nights, like yeah, them, yeah. fancy-wise. Well, we need them. Pile them in. <laughs> I had a 50-point night. Pile in the points. No, yeah. No, here no. we come. We're, we're, uh, we're catching up here, and I was just going to... Um, do a little overview of maybe like the top three guys in our team currently. Okay, all right. Because I mean, uh, it is a crazy. It, team. It's a crazy team in it. Um, so uh, we'll just look at total points over the season. So we'll do a couple from each category. So we have um, uh, forward wise, we have the highest number as being Act. Uh, no, uh, Act. I don't know what I'm on about. Uh, Artemi Panarin. Yep. So the guy I traded over because you know I'm just such a legend like that. Uh, so Artemi Panarin uh, is in the lead on, on our team with 242 fantasy points. Uh, and then in second and third forwards, you've got Austin Matthews with 228 uh, and Nikita Kucherov with 226. And then for defensemen, uh, our, highest, our highest defenseman currently is Tony D'Angelo with 140. And um, who else have we got here? Uh, at 135 with Alex Petrangelo. So those are our highest defensemen. And then our goalies. 
Uh, we have. You our... said you were going to talk about the top <laughs> three people. Yeah, top three people of each cut. No, I'm joking. Oh. <laughs> no, no, no. I'll, I'll just do. I'll just do two goalies here. So uh, our two top goalies are Andre Vasilevsky and Tuukka Rask. But there's no surprise there, right? No. Tampa Bay and Boston Bruins. Um, but yeah, so our fancy team's looking pretty sweet currently. Well, it's go- It's going well. Who? It might be too little, too late. But we're uh, we're going to make a, a run, a sprint for the finish. Uh, right. So we were going to talk about coronavirus. <laughs> I love that. We touched on it earlier, and so I don't really love it. You know, I'm not a fan of it myself either. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, you know, it's a terrible thing, and uh, and I can't tell from one minute to the next. Uh, and this is getting into politics, and I don't really want to get into politics on this on the on the hockey podcast. Really, but from one minute to the next, I, I can't tell whether I should be terrified and really upset about it, or not care at all. Or, it, it, and and I'm trying uh, to steer somewhere for the middle. It, it's portrayed really weird because they they the one day they said oh it's super severe and the next day they're like oh it's kind of mild and don't worry about it it's like they really like fluctuate on the severity of of uh, how they're portraying it you know yeah yeah like one day they'll come in and they'll be like oh shoot buy everything hand sanitizer get a bit of that on you yeah next day they're like guys come on like six six per person or whatever and <laughs> calm down a bit <laughs> well I don't know at one moment you got I don't know like double digit million people locked in in Italy. And over here in uh, in England, people just high five in and buying up and all just the chilling. Oh, toilet dude. rolls. Refs at my game. Oh yeah, the refs at your <laughs> game really weirdly. So the refs at at Finns hockey game, when they do the little um, parade at the end where everybody goes around shaking one another's hands, here uh, here in the UK they tend to shake hands with the opposing team. Then you go and shake hands with the coaches or like fist bump the coaches or whatever. And then you do the same with the refs. And the refs at the end of this game were prepared. They were Corona prepared. And they just stuck their elbows up. Like they tucked their arms in like a chicken wing. And <laughs> just, and just stuck their, their elbow up. in the air. Like, hey, you can touch my elbow. And that's as far as it's going here. Because none of you, <laughs> none of you greasy buggers have covered yourself in hand sanitizer. <laughs> Recently. So, you know, we're not getting the Corona off you guys. As if uh, sweating all over one another and, and everything During else. the game. <laughs> <laughs> gonna two do hours going to do. Anyway. So, um, but the point of this is that obviously um, it could have a serious effect on uh, on certainly professional sport if things start to bite. So they haven't really started to get desperate here in the UK, and they're even less so in in, uh, in the US and Canada. But when it comes, it will it will come you know hard and fast because that's the that's what's happened to Italy, the likes of China and Italy and places like that where one minute it seemed like it was under control and the next next minute it was like totally out of control. So, what about masks in the NHL? What are you saying that you were telling me about something earlier today? Oh, uh, in a couple of seasons or something like oh, that. Oh yeah, it's it's uh, cages or face masks in the NHL. Oh. So, but so th- this this is a thing that's been brought up recently. So this is totally unrelated. To no, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I put face masks because I know any like. Because yeah, okay. they wouldn't they wouldn't use a cage. I don't think that when they were. When, but when, that, that's not what I'm talking about. You earlier today we were talking about something. You said in a couple seasons from now people will be wearing. No, 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 there was, it was... This is about face masks. No, no, not about corona face masks. No, it's not the same thing. <laughs> it's not a good... That's not where I was going there. So we're leaving coronavirus and moving completely no, 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 no. on to well, a, a new thing. We may as well finish it off quick and then we'll... Uh, well, I don't think there's anything for to completely say. derailed or whatever. But you, you know you know uh, what they're going to do if it does spiral out of control with uh, sports, right? Well, they're just going to start... Uh, didn't they, the suggestion and, is yeah, they'll play is games with no, no... Empty stadiums. Yeah, empty stadiums. So they'll just broadcast it, and I'm going to guess that they probably end up broadcasting it for free, because what else can you do, right? Well, I don't know. I wouldn't say that too soon. I mean, Gary Bettman, I mean, I he's a bit of a... I was going to say, Bettman, <laughs> Bettman will have his, wa- his wallet will be pulsating in his pocket it's if like, people start talking not about giving away... There's not free. 500 billion in here? What the... Yeah. <laughs> you know, anyway, so, uh, right, let's park coronavirus. Uh, and let's and go come to face back masks. to the face masks. Okay, so um, the reason I put face masks, by the way, is because when you see NHL players when they uh, like break a no- break their nose or something, so they can't actually wear a non uh, a non covered face like on their helmet. Yeah, they have to have it covered. They use fish balls, not like ca- cages, which is why I didn't put face cage. Right. Okay. I don't know, I don't um, know what any of that means, but carry on. Okay. So anyway, um, there was a uh, th- there was an incident the other night. Uh, Johnny Boychuk, I believe. Right. He got a skate in the in, face. Uh, that's right. And it, uh, he had 90 stitches in his eye. So this is the second nasty skate to face. So yeah, earlier we had um, uh, Brendan Perlini. That's right. Skate. And uh, then so we had, uh, now we've got Johnny Boychuk who almost lost his eye. Yeah. And that's when it starts to get scary. That because, is nasty. I mean, 
Because uh, a skate I, can get up under your visor. These things happen as a freak incident. Do you know, I, was, I watched a thing on Instagram just yesterday, which was awkward puck moments. Have you seen this? Where it gets caught in cages and stuff. And gets caught up under people's visors. Yeah, like, yeah. that's actually happened. So they show a clip of a guy who's just coming in, you know, routine check or whatever, and the two guys poke the puck at the same time. And he goes And up. they're looking around like, where's the puck gone? And it's literally covering, it's under his visor, covering his eye like an eye patch. Yeah, stuck yeah. in there. And I thought, oh my God, you know, that must be a, um, you know, a, a complete one-off. And then they splice together like four other times that it happened to somebody <laughs> yeah, else. Yeah. Or so, it gets uh, caught in like people's like equipment happen, and right? stuff. Things, things get up under there. But it, it's, it's things like this is where the people would be uh, thinking uh, about making um face face masks at least compulsory for the younger people right so when you have new draw draft picks and stuff when they're coming and you got rookies coming in especially when you're starting to spend like millions and millions on people you don't want them like getting their eyes cut out and stuff you know <laughs> you would definitely don't want them getting their eyes cut <laughs> but out. I, I mean at least at least we could see the compul the uh, uh visors being com- made compulsory because you still have guys going around there with no uh, visor at all either just a helmet and, and it, is there much of that? I mean, not much, but that—that's the point. Is that they could try and at least phase that in to think as of people. Anybody? Just Pollock doesn't wear a visor, does he? Pollock, Getzlaff, uh, Matt Martin, like uh, like people like that, you yeah, know. Yeah, old the old guy. The, the guys that will be on that, which is why I'm saying if they phase it out Tough a bit. Nuts. Yeah, well, they, if they start to phase that out and make at least visors compulsory, so at least the, like. If it's there's a higher chance of someone getting their eye cut out if they don't have a visor at all, right? That's right. That's right. Or again, a puck in the face where it could really damage your eye. Like uh, you can get fractured eye sockets and stuff, which mess up your vision. Um, people's careers have been ended because they got pucks in the face and for stuff. For sure, for sure, it's a dangerous game. Uh, I, I, I mean, obviously, but th- this is things that have been brought up recently, especially with the two skates in the face. That's right. That's right. Um, accidents, you know, tend to bring out these things. I just noticed, uh, just literally breaking news, which is topical here, that uh, Italy, we just mentioned, was on lockdown for the northern part of Italy, which includes Venice. And it was a load of people, like 10 million people or something like that. And just in the last couple of minutes, um, they have extended the uh, coronavirus measures to the entire country. They're all on lockdown? The entire country of Italy is on lockdown now. So, um, you know, things are not getting better. They're only getting worse. Anyway, I thought I should mention that. Fair so, enough. yeah, fa- face masks. I mean, who knows? Uh, the, the rules here are basically, uh, I believe, if you're under 18, you have to wear a uh, full cage. Full face, yeah. And uh, if you're over 18, you have to wear um, at least a visor. And um, if you're over a particular age, you don't have to wear anything at all, which only includes some real old duffers, for example, myself. So if you were born after a particular or before a particular year, and that, of course, is getting narrower and narrower as as (laughs) those of us that have been playing for a billion years. Um, but I don't, um, I am uh, one of the, I'm old enough that I don't have to wear a visor at all, although I choose to. Um, but that's only because I've been playing now for 46 consecutive seasons. That's not too bad. <laughs> and knees and hips still working. Anyway, um, anything else to say on that? No, 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 not much more on face masks. It's just something oh, well, that got brought up, right? Yeah, but um, another thing with uh, discussions in the NHL. Um, the GM meeting was recent. Ah. So they had the annual GM That's GM's right. meeting. Yeah, any any um, uh, nuggets come out of that? Big thing that they were going to discuss was that the emergency goalie thing. Because people, as soon as Dave Ayers came out, it was everywhere oh, where right. GMs were that's getting right. crossed because they were yeah, like, yeah. I, I don't want to ruin like points on a game, like just call the game off or whatever and we'll come back and get, get a proper goalie when we can. Yeah. Because uh, if it's you get... It's a sour grape, so don't you think? No, yeah, yeah, but the, I, I mean, so, so the the end, of, the end of uh, the uh, what do you call it? Uh, end up of that whole thing mm-hmm. was that they decided to keep it because uh, Davis won. If Davis had lost, it would have been completely different. And I mean, it would it's have an been exciting thing. I, I think it never ever happens, right? It's very rare that the uh, emergency goalie is ever called in. And sh- in the last couple of times, it has. It's turned into a great and amazing story. And yeah, and, yeah. And that story reaches way outside of just people that follow hockey, right? Exactly. So you're actually attracting the attention of more people should it happen, and it never happens anyway. Exactly. But what one one thing that has been um, also uh, what do you call it rumored is that or uh, uh, an idea that's been put out is that they ha- <laughs> don't put someone who's 40 and had a kidney transplant and has underlying health issues and stuff that like Dave is. I know I know it's a cool thing. 
But if you were going to have a proper emergency goalie, it would have to be, like people were saying, it should be someone with actual proper, just a couple still playing experience, like so, someone but, like 25. Does, right? And that's the thing is, is that Dave Ayers is still a training goalie with the Marlies and the Leafs. I think I think the point was more competitive, like but like in a high level, like well, still playing competitive. What's right? the point of that, right? You get well, a college goalie. Goalie's even going to agree to do that to just be, hey, we want you to just be sort of ring fenced as the as the emergency goalie, even though you're a fully competitive, active goalkeeper, yeah, a goaltender. You know, it's like who who's going to want to do that? Why would anyone want to do that? Because you get to go to the least game for if free. If you were good enough to be competitive, still, you'd surely be playing somewhere for a team. Yeah. And like no, I mean like a college goalie. If you got a, if you're like a university yeah, who, or college who'd goalie, who'd even do that? So if you were good enough, so what they're saying is they want someone professional enough and of a, of a professional level enough that they could play competitive hockey. And if you were that good, you'd be playing competitive hockey. No, as in someone playing competitive hockey for university, say, just sits at a Leafs game, and if but, they ever have to be Dave put Ayers in, they get put Dave in. Dave Ayers is better than a university hockey goalie. <laughs> Not necessarily. Well, you, well, you don't know, right? I mean, exactly. Who, who's to be the judge of that? Yeah, I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. I, no, I don't yeah, think yeah. that they could ever. I, I don't think they could ever change the rules. I think the rules perfect the way it is, and just and have the, some guy that can play. It's probably one of the stories of the year for me. If, if I mean, not for yeah, a no, few no, years. yeah, no, it, it was definitely cool, and I'm not saying anything against it. I'm just saying you this are. is you these hate are, emergency goalies. No, I love Dave Ayers, man. You love Batman. Hey, <laughs> you've got that. I love Batman tattoo. Nah, <laughs> I can't be right. supporting that dude. Things are going to turn ugly here. Let's get out of here. We, anything else to talk uh, let's about? Let's go to a couple uh, well, more come on, then. statistic things for uh, around the NHL. So okay. Mika, Mika Zibinijad, uh scored five goals in a game. Wow. Um, and they ended up winning the game 6-5. Holy. He's, five goals in a game? He scored four goals. Oh. And then you couldn't even hold that stack in your hand <laughs> with the little bit of tape on it in the day of the goal. I mean, you know, the Ma- date Matthews result. could be. I mean, he's got big hands, right? Well, he held the four. Was it four? Four. Yeah. <laughs> Debut. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, so Zabenajad scored uh, four in regulation. Uh, and then another one of the, uh, I think it was Panarin, scored the other one um, to make it 5-5. Five, five, and then they went into overtime. He scored the OT winner as well. Wow. That's pretty good. That is a good game. I'm I'm envious to whoever has has him in our fancy team. I mean, team. I rarely score five goals in a game now. Rarely. I mean, sometimes. I mean, sometimes you score. I I mean, sometimes you score six and seven <laughs> sometimes, but five is a rarity nowadays. The, right? the last time I scored two in a game <laughs> years ago. Anyway, and um, uh, I just got one last thing: is uh, Drysdale hits hundred points. Oh yeah, yeah. That's so cool. that's pretty good, seeing as he's only played around. Uh, he's probably playing played around like 68, 69 games. Yeah, that's excellent. And he's still got a good like. At least like fifteen to go. He's a great player. No, he's played great, especially with um, McDavid out for the uh, last few weeks. At least, um, everyone says that. I mean, McDavid's McDavid, right? He's yeah. got the reputation of just carrying everyone and everything. He's been a bit of a ghost this year, though. I barely heard his name said <laughs> because he's injured. Yeah, oh, <laughs> that could be why. <laughs> but I mean, even uh, for the rest of the season, other than when he completely undressed the whole Leafs defense and scored like some crazy goal when we were in Canada watching and I just felt sad. Yeah, well, that was... That was. <laughs> uh, no, but no, but, uh, it, it's great that... Um, I, I know it's not great to say that, that McDavid's injured, that it's great that way, but it's it's almost a good thing for people like... No, 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 not, not the fact he's injured. It, it's, it's a good thing that McDavid isn't um, as talked about, as you said. Yeah. I know it is because he's injured, but it's, it's great because he's not talked about or... Um, uh, I don't for, think for, that's great. No, 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 no. But for um, other players to show that it's not just McDavid that makes them good, it's themselves, you know? I don't begrudge the guy any any um, fame that he gets or any press that he gets. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm saying, um, so, for example, Drysaddle, because he's on McDavid's line yeah. usually. Yeah, that's people, true. People, he's people in, say he's Dreisaddle's playing in his shadow all the time. Exactly. When, when you play with a great player, it's, got, it's a high chance you'll get loads of points or yeah. you'll at least look good, right? Yeah. But when you got guys like Nugent Hopkins and Drysaddle playing with a guy like McDavid, yeah, and then still perform even when he's in, when he's out. I mean, it shows that, that it's not just McDavid. Yeah, it no, is it's actually good time to shine, right? Okay, cool. Um, but yeah, I think that's pretty much it for us. Right, awesome. Uh, a couple quick shout-outs then. Yeah, let's go. Uh, so um, as ever, uh, we're back um, uh, fairly intensely using our sports screen, which is this amazing uh, training aid. Uh, if you play hockey, it also is great for uh, baseball, softball, lacrosse. It's a screen that comes down to protect a wall, an inside or outside wall in your house or a window or a, a garage door or whatever else. It's fantastic. We've got one. The people from Sports Screen, it's a Canadian company. They're really great people as well. Uh, check them out on, 
on uh, social media or online, the sports screen. Uh, you should have one if you don't already. If you're serious about hockey, you need one of these things. Um, also, uh, bionic skate blades. Yes, my favorite skate blades. I know, I know it's usually me, the one that bangs on about them, but I just love these blades. Yeah, I and love I, them too. I, I've, I had them shopping in Canada, so they're fresh for the season. From Herm Sports, by the way, in London. Yes, yes, <laughs> great place, and they hooked us hooked us up with our uh, really nice Amazing pro stock sticks. Pro stock sticks. Um, but no, yeah, but Bionic Skate Blades, I just love these blades, and they just work so well for me, you know? Yeah. And um, it, it, they're, they're fast. just... Yeah, yeah. They're just they're fast. the best blades I've had. And I've noticed that the uh, the, the skate blade market has been, is getting busy. So before it used to be, you got the default blades that came with your skates, either Bauer and most or, people or CCM and whatever there is on there. And, uh, and then, you know, step blades appeared and they had colors and whatnot but it was a pretty limited field but i've noticed more and more companies cropping up and having to go at this but bionic by far and we've tried a few believe me uh bionic by far are the fastest blades out there if you want to be fast you need a pair of bionic blades also a canadian company and a great bunch of people check them out it's bionic with a y i believe find them on uh, social media or on uh, on the interwebs um for those of us here in the uk you can buy them in the shops i've seen them in um athletes uh or, um all-star all sorry all-star sports i was gonna say athlete's choice which is a shop that i used to work for in victoria bc uh, <laughs> do they sell them there who, who I, knows? Spent, <laughs> I spent thousands of hours sharpening skates in uh, athletes choice of victoria bc owned by a good friend of mine snapper um but uh no i was going to say all um uh, all-star sports in swindon um owned by a good, uh, good guy ian clark they've got bionic blades in there it's a great shop great bunch of people um really great uh, uh with a pair of skates as well as everything else that you need um and i've seen them in puck stop yep which is where we got our setup and profile by the good folks at Puckstop. Family-owned, a uh, huge cop, uh, hockey company up in Sheffield. Love to go in there if we can. And uh, if not, they're online, and we've ordered loads of stuff from them online. They've never, ever let us down. No, yeah, I, I got my uh, new uh, neck shirt from there. That's right. And uh, when we couldn't find one anywhere, they came up with one in a day for us. So it was brilliant. Um, Puckstop in, in Sheffield. They're great. Cross-check clothing. Um, some again some good friends of ours we were lucky enough to meet up with them at uh, gb game last year uh making some great stuff they moved into making um well moved into maybe they always did i don't know uh but hockey kit full kit now i was talking to ryan from there um, a couple days ago and they're doing full kit now short covers socks jerseys a lot as, as well as some really cool t-shirts and hoodies and all that sort of stuff too so cross-check clothing and um, and they just always remind me of their counterpart in Canada that I think they're a very similar company uh, with a si similar um, ethos and a similar feel, and that's uh, Beer League Republic. Yep. I love their stuff, and uh, they're such great people too, and they have a, a great feed on uh, Instagram if you're that way inclined. Check out Beer League Republic on that. They're just a, a great bunch of people. Um, making great stuff, t-shirts, hoodies, all sorts there, and um, and they've been super good to us. So um, check them out as well. Anyway, blah blah blah. We've blabbed on a lot long enough. Oh, true hockey, of course, as always. Uh, they've uh, they've been great to us from the start of uh, of us really getting back into hockey in the past few years. Sorted us out with pants, gloves, sticks, hats, t-shirts, hoodies, the lot. They've been great. No, yeah, it's been amazing. Uh, so anyway. On that note, we should get off. Um, people will be, if you're listening and you're on your way and you're, and you're commuting into work, you must be getting near work or wh however else you're managing to kill the time by listening to us. We'll let you go. We'll be back again in a week's time. Lots of hockey happening. Lots of big things. Let's hope coronavirus uh, calms down and, and, uh, and <laughs> chills out a bit. <laughs> does, doesn't uh, doesn't calm or it doesn't doesn't destroy uh, uh, hockey and all the sports and everything else. Um, anyway, we will uh, be back next week. Yep. All right. Thanks for listening, as always. Check us out on social media. Tell your friends to follow. Uh, YouTube. YouTube. We're, we're on YouTube. We're experimenting with YouTube. If you want to see our ugly mugs live on YouTube, check out our YouTube channel. Uh, as always, we have a, a website. Just search UK Hockey Fam, and you'll find so a sickening amount of stuff come up in the old Google box. So, um, <laughs> anyway, for us, that's it for this week. Yeah. See you next time. See you guys. You can name is the good old